Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're too kind, you're too kind. <laughs> All right, you guys can sit down. Um, before I start, I already hear people giggling at me, great. I'm just like, did I blow it already? Um, but uh, I wanted to start off too, um, I, all weekend I've been giving honor to um, our, uh, our leaders, um, Pastor Carl, our lead pastor, and also um, Pastor Rob, who is in charge of uh, just discipling all the uh, ministry heads in our church, and um, I've been honoring them. I don't know where Pastor Rob went. He was here last service, but it's okay. You're somewhere in here listening. But uh, I just want to give honor to you guys. Just thank you for being great leaders in our life. Um, I mean, I'll do it until the, the last service that I have, but thank you so much for the opportunities that you give me. And I know that the rest of the staff is, uh, feels the same way. Um, but to even go further, just for everyone that has shared in life with me in this church, I mean, I know, I know there's people in here that were youth leaders when I was in youth, and I want to say that uh, where, I'm at to, where I'm at today is a product of every single person's interaction with me in my life. And if I could just honor you guys for helping me to get along to where I'm at now. Um, and my parents are here. I want to honor them. My, my family is actually here. Um, so, yeah, you guys, why don't you guys just stand up? Come on, just stand up. That's my family right there. Yeah. Look at them. Looking so good on this Sunday morning. And so they actually just uh, got back to Hawaii just recently. And so I'm excited to be th uh, that they're here and we get to spend time together again as a family. Um, but I'm excited. Anybody excited to be in the house of God this morning? Come on, somebody. And so um, I want to be talking about change. And I know that's, that's kind of a word when you hear sometimes you get like, you know, kind of a bitter taste in your mouth. And you're like, oh, change. Like, oh, you're going to tell me to change something about me? Is there something wrong with me? Is there, that's the reason why I have to change? Um, but this morning, uh, my, my goal is to encourage all of you in this room. Uh, I, I want to be able to, to put before you a, uh, an opportunity. I, I don't want you guys to receive this in the wrong way because it is a message that can be received in a way that you kind of feel hurt or, or, or whatever it is. But I want, to, uh, I want you to leave this message, walk out those doors feeling encouraged, feeling like there is something out there to be had that God has for you. And that's, that is my goal uh, this morning. But again, we're talking about change. And what does change look like? Or what is it? What does it look like to truly change? What is real change? Uh, how does it happen? What does it look like uh, in, in the lives of us as Christians and everything? And this is how I look at it. Um, I think about it in, in, in the fact of if you have a need in your life, right? Say something breaks in your house or your car breaks down, which I can, I have a, you know, a lot of uh, ability to talk about that because last, uh, actually on Friday night after I left, I, I did my preaching and I started driving back uh, to the Kailua side and I got a flat tire. And I was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I mean, in, in my nice clothes, like I pulled over to the side of the road on like by Castle Junction where there's like barely any shoulder space and like buses and cars like whipping past and I like, oh, it looks like they're almost gonna hit my car. And uh, Pastor, or actually past, our worship pastor Trevor stopped by and he's like, hey man, is that you on the side of the road? And he, I, I saw him up ahead, so I like pulled up towards him and, uh, and then I called Pastor Rob because neither of us had a jack in our car. So we're just kind of sitting there like, all right, what do we do? And, <laughs> and, uh, and then Pastor Rob comes and then, uh, and, and then we find out that my tire, my spare had no air in it. And then Kes comes along and he's just like, hey guys. <laughs> he just shows up out of nowhere and he's like an auto mechanic and he's just like, you guys need help? And then and we, put the, we lower the car into the tire and the tire just like flattens. And so he goes and gets his all-in-one vehicle with his air compressor and fills it up. And they rescue me. Can I just say thank you guys too? Because I hate having to deal with that kind of stuff. But, um, but when you have a problem in your life, when you have a need or you have something that's broken that needs fixing or, or, or whatever it is, or you, you're like sick and you need healing from like a doctor, you call someone, right? I mean, someone that specializes in that area. So when you have a broken car, you call a mechanic and you expect that when that mechanic comes that there's gonna be a difference in your car from the time that it didn't have a mechanic and it was broken to the time after when the mechanic is done. 
You, you expect that there's going to be a change, right? You expect there's going to be a difference, and hopefully that change or that difference is going to be your car is no longer broken. It's working well and fine and whatever it is. Or if, when, you, when you have like a leaky pipe in your uh, house and you have to call a plumber after your husband tries 10 times to fix it, and then you, know, you call that plumber and the plumber comes, and you expect that when that plumber is done with his job, there's going to be no more leaks and all your you know, pipes and everything are solid and everything. And this, that's kind of the way I see it with church is when you come seeking God, you come with, with holes in your life that need filling. You come, with, uh, with, uh, you come broken and you need to be fixed. You come with hurts and you need to be healed. You expect when you come seeking God that when, when you come here, you know, the, like the before picture, you know, like this is what I looked like before Christ. And then you see the way that it's after. You expect there's going to be a difference, right? Because, I mean, if you take your car to get service and, and, and they're done, they're like, all right, you're all good, and you pay them and everything, and you leave, and you realize your car is exactly the same, there's a problem, right? And so I think when we come to church and we expect to experience God, we want to see a change in our lives. Um, but I'm going to be talking about change in two levels, two levels. The first one is, is changing ourselves. It's about changing ourselves and helping God and letting God better ourselves to become uh, even stronger Christians and even stronger followers of Christ. But the second level I'm going to be talking about is seeing a change around you in your, in your life, in the people that share life with you. So those are the two levels that I'm going to be speaking on this morning. Um, but the title of the teaching, if you guys look on your notes, it says, uh, now is the time. And uh, the reason why I say that is because it doesn't seem to always go that when you want to make a change in your life that there's always a reason not to do it or there's always something discouraging you from doing it. There's always something holding you back from, from making a change. And there's this quote that I read and uh, it's by a woman um, that I don't know her name. I, f I forget her name. I have kind of bad memory with that sometimes and I don't remember where I read it but know that it was a woman. So if you're going to try to search for her, that narrows it down a good percentage. Um, <laughs> And so it says, the quote says, a year from now you will wish you started today. A year from now you will wish you had started today. And what she's basically saying is, you know, when there's a thing that you, in your life that you know needs to be done, there's something in your life that you know that would be better for you, and, and there's a change there. There's an opportunity to better yourself. Um, that why wait to let it happen? Oh, I just spit. I'm sorry. Um, but um, but why, why, let it, why, why wait? You know, what's holding you back? You know, and, and to really think about it, like, I, I want to save you guys from, from looking back on your life after you've made a change to look back and be like, wow, I could have made this change a lot earlier. I wish I had made it earlier. I wish I had started going to mini church a year earlier. I wish I would have gotten involved in the church a year earlier. I wish I would have made a decision for Christ a year earlier. I don't want you guys to go through that. I want you to realize that the opportunity stands now, that you guys have the, the chance to make a change in your life, and not only in your own life, but as you let God change you, that he can change the people around you. Is that good? Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about um, this morning, but... The question stands, why, why should you change? You know, I mean, you might be asking yourself, what, why do I need to change at all? And, and, and the thing is this, if I could allude to our, our vision statement here at Hope Chapel, Kanye Bay, it starts off by saying, giving the best life possible. And, and part of, of giving the best life possible is that the parts of your life that are disconnected from God have the potential to be infinitely better if you would connect them to God. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? Amen. That if, you, if there's areas of your life that God, you haven't allowed God to enter, that when you let him to get in there and you allow him to work on you, that your life has potential to get better. And so that's what I'm talking about this morning. Um, but before I get into the rest of our text, I'd like to just say a quick prayer, start this thing off right. Is that good? All right, so let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you so much for this morning and each person sitting in this room that you've brought here, Lord. And I just pray that uh, this morning that you would just let your uh, words just uh, penetrate to our hearts, Lord, that they would sink in deep, Lord, that as I'm standing on this stage, Lord, that you wouldn't let me uh, lead this uh, message, Lord, but that you would be speaking through me, that you would use me as your vessel. And God, I just want to pray 
right now that you would just start to decrease myself or increase yourself in me. Um, but I, I just firmly believe, Lord, that this message is for every single person in this room, whatever stage of life that they're at, Lord, that this message is for all of us, including myself, Lord. And so we just thank you and praise you for what this message is gonna do in our lives. And we just pray that we would see your glory come to this uh, community here. And so we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so confession time. I, I tend to talk really fast. Um, I'm used to talking to youth, and youth are a lot easier. Like, they can track well with, like, talking fast because they already got, like, you know, like, I mean, raging, just, like, energy inside them. And just, like, you know, they, they think at a million miles an hour. I know because I've been there not too long ago. And, um, I mean, so I'm going to try to slow down. You know, I'm, so I hear someone like, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so this is me slowing down. This is the pace we're going to be speaking at this morning. So, and I give you full reign to just be like, whoa, slow down or something. You know what I mean? If I go too fast. So whew, just got to breathe. Um, the first point that I'm going to be going over is uh, the unchanging God of change, which sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like a contradicting statement, the unchanging God of change. But what I'm saying is this, is that our God is unchanging, but he's in the business of changing lives. And so I, wanna, I, wanna, I really want to pour into that right here is he himself is unchanging, but he has the power necessary to bring wholeness and healing to a, a world that's broken, to a world full of broken people. If you look in Hebrews 13.8, Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you know, clearly the Bible says that he is an unchanging God. He is the same God. And I used to read that, that verse as like a fact, right? I used to read it, I'm just like, okay, God is unchanging. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. Right on, that is cool. Um, but as I continue to read in the Bible and I see what God is doing in other people's lives in the Bible times, I look at uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, who, was, who murdered Christians, right? Um, he was uh, formerly known as Saul, and that's why I kind of refer to him sometimes as the Apostle formerly known as Saul, and it's kind of a joke, and only a few people laugh usually like that, and so, um, <laughs> but, you know, I look at his life and how God changed, I mean, dramatically changed his life and used him for such an awesome purpose, you know? And I look at Jonah, who was like this fearful, rebellious guy that God called him to go to Nineveh, and he was just like, oh, uh, I don't know, God, I can't do that. No, and he tried to run away from God, which is so silly, I think. Um, honestly, like, you can't run away from God. <laughs> um, and then I look at the 12 disciples, and, you know, these are normal, ordinary guys. You know, some of them were fishermen. They all had their own, like, regular jobs in life. Um, but... God used them to become leaders in faith in their generation, in their time, in their community. And, and what I'm going to be talking about is, when I, when I, what I really want to say with this whole unchanging God of changing is, God is, is unchanging. And as I read that Hebrews 13 verse again, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it, didn't be, it, it stopped be becoming a fact in my mind, and it was more of a promise. Because when I read up stories of what God did in, in the Bible times, and then I read that verse that says God is unchanging, he's the same yesterday, today, and the same, I, I understand that God's power is still existent today. That I, I understand that God can still move in someone's life the same that he moved in Paul's life. I, I understand that God wants to do the same thing that he did in the Bible times in our time. It's relevant now still, and he wants to do it in our generation, in our community, with the lives that still need him. Is that good? Amen. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, you guys are really quiet. I, I heard this was the party service, but so far it's pretty like... Pretty quiet. All right, yeah, there we go. I got Pastor Carl's uh, buy-in. All right. Um, but uh, this is what I want to say, is God's glory is not exclusive to the time period that the Bible was written in. God's glory is not exclusive to the time period which the Bible was written in. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that age to age to age to age, God's glory appears. His glory is eternal. If you look in 1 Peter 5.10, it says, 
and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. What I'm saying is that God's ability to restore you, God's ability to make you strong and steadfast still exists. His ability to move in your life and in the lives of the people around you still exists to this day, but you have to allow him to do it. That's what I'm trying to say to you guys. Um, I'm going to read a, a verse, which I actually, I really like this verse because just of the way that it's like worded here, um, this is an account of Paul and Silas. So uh, they're going around like claiming the name of Jesus, and here's a, uh, one of the times that they're doing that, and they're kind of being harbored by this man named Jason. So in Acts 17, 6 through 9, it says, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. That's a pretty cool statement. They're turning the world upside down. I mean, I, mean, I, I always listen to this band called like Planet Shakers. I think that might be a church too, I'm not sure, but I know it's a band for any, or if anything, but uh, Planet Shakers, and that's just really cool that, I mean, that's the same thing, right? In the Bible, it says that they were turning the world upside down, and you know how they were doing that? They were going around claiming that Jesus was the one real king. You know, if we read on, it says, Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king other than Caesar, and his name is Jesus. And, and, and it says they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they uh, heard these things. And the thing I want to say is we should be turning our community upside down. You know, in a world that doesn't know Jesus, in a world that needs to know the name of Jesus, um, just like this, just like in, the, in this Bible time, and they were turning the world upside down, basically just saying Jesus is king. And people are like, whoa, whoa, you know, what about Caesar? You know, you can't say that. that that's blasphemous towards Caesar. Caesar is the only king. And, and so they're getting like, you know, flack for it and everything. But we should be turning the world upside down, and God can turn your world upside down if you would allow him. He, could, he can turn our community upside down, you know, a community that doesn't know him, I mean, he can, he can come in and affect lives like you have not even imagined if you would allow him to move in your life and allow him to make the changes that are necessary to do that. Is that good? good. And so um, this is something I, I, I want to share just from my own personal life. I, am, I have like a weird mind sometimes. Uh, growing up, I, have like, I had a really broad imagination. My parents were probably laughing because they know it's true. Um, because I, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. I was like, Deathly afraid of the dark. Like, it was just scary. And, and I realize why now. It's because when I hear things, but I can't see what it is, my imagination just takes flight. I'm just like, it could be a million things. Like, you know, you hear, like, just one little, like, creak in the wood, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, burglar! And you're like, you know, you just freak out. You're just like, oh, my gosh, a clan of ninjas coming. I better defend my family's honor. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just, I just, my mind, I'm, I'm one of those people that when you hear hoofbeats, I think zebras instead of horses. Um, I have a, a wild imagination. Um, and, uh, I used to think a lot of weird things. I mean, I, I just had these weird thoughts about, like, uh, who God was and, and religion and stuff like that because, obviously, you have, like, second and third graders talking about what it is and everything. I went to Windward Nazarene Academy in Kanyole for, like, second and third grade, and uh, someone gave me a little chihu of, oh, yeah, you went there too, Darrell, yeah, and the, and the, and the floors uh, family also. But, yeah, I, I went there, and when I was in, I think, either second or third grade, one of those, um, I had this friend, and he convinced me um, mind you, he was very persuasive. Um, he convinced me that the earth was God's head. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not even the funny part. Uh, <laughs> he convinced me the world was, he told me the world was God's head and that um, the, the trees are his hair. And he said that we are the ukus on his head. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what ukus are, it's lice, head lice. Um, he said that we are the ukus on his head. And then he told me that if I sinned, that God's head would get incredibly itchy. <laughs> and that I would, see, I would see gigantic fingers come from heaven and scratch me out of existence. <laughs> and, uh, 
So I'm just like, whoa, you know, kind of looking to the sky, like, oh man, I know I sinned today. Where are those fingers? <laughs> like, you know, and, uh, um, and I just, I, I, you know, I was in second grade. Give me a break. And, uh, and I, I guarantee you, that guy, the way that he speaks, is probably a really influential pastor by now. Um, and hopefully, he's just teaching different doctrine at this point, um, or else that church isn't going in good places. Um, but you know, I had a wide imagination, and, and something a lot less weird that I used to think about the Bible is this. I used to, um, I used to look at the, the Bible characters, you know, like um, my stepmom and my, or my, yeah, my stepmom would read me books when I was a kid of all like Bible stories, like these little tiny blue books, and they just talked about like, you know, Jonah and everything, and I forget what it's called, but like there's this little kid that goes on adventures in the Bible stories and everything like that, and I still remember it because I love Bible stories. Anybody else love Bible stories? Come on. There's some good stories in the Bible, and, um, I, and so I, I used to like, kind of idolize like the, the Bible characters or like kind of puff them up for more than, than you know, what God calls them. And um, like I, I, I used to kind of separate, you know, I used to say, wow, wow, they did such amazing things. And I don't want you guys to get me wrong. Like people in the Bible, the men and women in the Bible did some amazing things and God moved them in mighty ways. And we can learn, uh, you know, we can learn great lessons from them and we can be encouraged by their stories. Um, but we cannot, cannot, cannot idolize them and puff them up for more than what God called them. And that is ordinary people called by an extraordinary God. I mean, can I get an amen on that one, somebody? And, and that's the same, that is same and true about your lives, is you are ordinary people called by an extraordinary God. And he wants to move in extraordinary ways in your lives and in the lives around you guys. I want to say that, and I want to encourage you guys with that. Um, but the thing is, I used to, I used to separate in my, in my head, I used to separate saying like, wow, here's the Bible characters, um, you know, in, 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 that's written about, you know, in the Bible, and here's my life. You know, here's what God did with them, and here's what God can do with me. And I used to kind of, you know, almost uh, downplay what God could do in my life because I saw what great things they did in the Bible. But that's, that's not the case. You know, again, when I read in Hebrews 13:8, he's the same uh, today, uh, yesterday, today, and forever. And you got to believe, you have to believe that God can move in your life. I mean, does anyone believe that here in, in God's house this morning? Come on, somebody. Like, that, that is true right there. God, want, God has a purpose for each of you uh, just as equal to uh, Paul's calling, to, to King David's calling, to, to all the mighty men and women of the Bible that you are a part of God's story still. Can I say that? That just because the Bible isn't physically being written right now just because every day someone's not adding a page to the Bible. And today, uh, Brad went to India Cafe and ate lunch. And then, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the Bible's not still physically being written, but you're still a part of God's story. Yeah. You know, I, I used to have a history teacher, and uh, he used to say that it's called history because it's his story. And I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, it just, it blew my mind. Like, my, my universe just shattered. Like, seriously, I was just like, that changes everything I ever thought about. And so I'd go around, go around to my friends and I'd be like, did you know that history is his story? And they would, some of them would be less impressed than me, but um, <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was amazing. And, and when I think about that, you know, just because it's not a physical Bible being written, God's story is still happening to this day. You know, we call him the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And if you fall somewhere in the middle of that, you're part of his story. And, and this is kind of a thing that I want you to think about that God kind of put on my heart was imagine if there was um, you know, if, I mean, imagine the Bible is still being written and each person had their own book and there's a book with your name on it in the Bible. You know, there's like the book of Brad or uh, <laughs> Song of Scots. Um, um, and then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I forget what Tammy said after last service. She said like, Tamalonians. <laughs> First and second Tamalonians. Nice. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go on Twitter after this and see people tweeting about their own book. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, I don't know, it's gonna be funny. Um, <laughs> But imagine there's a book with your name on it and think about what, what does your story tell? If it, it, you know, 
in your chapter of God's story, what does your story tell? You know, is it going to be a story that talks about the encouragement of how someone, whatever mistakes they have made, whatever has gone on in their life, allowed God to change them and then allowed God to move through them to change other people's lives, to bring more people into his family? I mean, will it be as encouraging as reading uh, Paul's story or, or reading about King David and, and, and all of that kind of, you know, all those wonderful stories? Or is it going to be a story where people are like, wow, like this person, you know, squandered the talent that God blessed them with. God, they didn't use all the gifts that God had given them. They, they, they wasted their time living a life that was only half for God and not fully for God. And uh, I want to challenge you guys, like, think about that. Because basically, the way you live your life is the pen with which you're writing your story right now. The way you're living right now, you're writing your own story. Can I say that? And just because it's not being physically written, in, the, in heaven, God is still accounting for every second of his story, and he's still accounting of every action that you take in his name. And, and, and I want you to know that um, we've got to write a pretty awesome story with our lives if we'd be obedient to God to, to let, allow him to change us and to bring healing to us and allow us to bring that same change and healing to other people's lives around us. Is that good? Yeah. All right. And so moving forward, this is the key part of change. This is, I'm, right here is where I'm going to really hit you hard. Uh, if you truly want to see change, this is it. True, true change requires the power of God. Someone say amen. That was, I mean, that, that is absolutely true. If you want to see true change in your life, it, it requires the power of God. And we as bringers of, of the gospel message, we uh, as, I mean, we are all messengers, right, for Christ. We, we receive the message of grace and salvation, and we're like, we need to tell someone about this. So all of us are, are, are ministers in our lives to people. We, we, we administer the gospel to people. And as such, you know, we have, we have the ability to control uh, when we plant a seed, right? We have the ability to control where we plant the seed, and we have the ability to control what kind of seed we plant. This is, I learned this from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I, was, I was watching, no, but then I was, I was watching, I was like, hey, that's biblical. I read that in the Bible somewhere. And, uh, and uh, you know, we have the ability to control those things, but you cannot control uh, when that thing grows. You, you, cannot, you cannot make a seed grow any faster than God's timing. Um, and, and you cannot expect to make change happen um, on your timing. You can't expect to make change on your power and your ability to do things. Um, it requires the power of God. Um, if you look in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7, this is where it's talking about planting seeds and such. And it says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. This is it right here. The choice to change is yours, but the power to change is God's. I'll say that again. The choice to change belongs to you, but the power to change belongs to God. And so, to make it really, really clear for you guys, when your decision to change meets God's grace and his power and they come together, that's where true transformation begins. I'm going to say that again. Is when, you're, when your decision to change, when you're like, I, I, I need to change, you recognize something that you need to change, you're like, I, I need to change that, or I want to see that change in my community. I see, I see this area that needs God's healing, that needs God's change, and you, and you apply it with his power and his, and his grace, that's where you're going to see transformation. That's where you're going to see God's glory fall here in our community. Um, but also to look at it the reverse side. If you make a decision to change and you lack the application of God's power and his grace, then you're not going to see the results that you desire. You're not going to see the glory that God wants to see move in your life and the lives of others. And you have to apply it. It's a, it's a cooperation of both a decision to change and God's power and his, and his grace in your life. And so, um, you know, I really want to kind of push that. It's, it's, this is key right here. Like, Applying God's power to your, your decisions and, and your life is key if you want to see him move. But here's the question. 
How do you apply God's grace and power to your life and your decisions? And I'm so glad you guys asked because I prepared an answer. Um, um, and so basically, it's very simple. All you have to do is ask. You know, you want to see God move in your life. You want to see him show up in, in mighty ways and impact the, the lives of your loved ones and your friends and family. All you have to do is ask. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about being a Christian. I mean, how many of you have ever been in a time in your life where you felt like you had no avenues to take? You just felt like you were at a dead end. And you're just like, I'm not going to make it out of here. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here. And I, I've definitely been there where I just felt like, I mean, even if you're just overreacting, which, I mean, all of us have done at points. Like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And you just panic. And like, you, th you think you have no, you know, all right, sometimes I get a little crazy on stage. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the beautiful thing about it is like, even if you don't know what to do, you always have the option to cry out to God. You always have the option to just be like, I mean, you can even just be honest with him and just be like, God, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> Help me. You know, you always have the option to cry out to God. Nothing ever cuts you off from God. It's only your choices to, to communicate with him or not. But the thing is, if you want to see God move in your life, if you truly want to see change, you truly want to see God's glory fall in your community and in your life and your family and your friends, you got to offer it up in prayer and you got to offer it up in fasting. And uh, which Pastor Carl is going to be talking about next weekend. So come back next weekend for that about prayer and fasting. There's my little plug. Um, but, uh, you know, if you truly want to see change, you've got to offer it up in prayer, and you've got you to allow God to, to enter into your life and to enter the areas that are disconnected from him. Um, if you look in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, this is how I see it. If you aren't uh, praying, you're not asking God for anything, right? I mean, you can't ask for anything if you're not communicating. Um, and if you're not, if you're not asking God for anything, you're not relying on his power to, to make the changes in your life, to, to bring healing in your life, to, to make, I mean, for his power to move in your life. If you're not, if you're not asking him for anything, you're, not, you're relying on something else to, to move in your life. You're relying on something else to, to bring healing to you. You're relying on something else for comfort and security. And you gotta, be you gotta be in constant communication with God if you want his power to come in because he's waiting for you to ask for it. And if you want to see that change in your life, you want to see God move, you gotta be praying to him and you gotta be offering it up to him. This last uh, section, if you look on your notes, it's titled Phase One. And... Uh, <laughs> And people are already laughing at it. All right. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, uh, I uh, like to think of cool titles when I, like, prepare a teaching and stuff. And uh, so for, <laughs> for this one, I thought of phase one because I thought it just sounded cooler than, you know, the first step. It's just like phase one. And um, that's just kind of, like, how I hear it in my mind because sometimes I think in action movie terms. And so, like, I, I like, I like sci-fi movies and stuff. I like, you know, all those cool CGI movies like Transformers and Star Wars and all that cool stuff. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, no way, it's going to be called phase one. And uh, so that's what it's called. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, this next part, I'm going to uh, actually play a song over the loudspeakers for you guys. And I want you guys to let me know if uh, you recognize it. And I want you to listen to the chorus. Um, but let me just say that, can I give you the, uh, the ability to just stand up and groove if you want to? You, you can. Right here, this, listen to this. Anybody recognize this? Come on. Oh, come on. This is good. No, no one's going to join me? Right there, uh. Oh, yeah, listen right here. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Renee. No one else stood up. Come on, come on. But did you hear that last part of that chorus? Uh, anybody, okay, what was that song, anyone? Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson, and I, I love that song. I, um, I, 
if you know me well, I love to sing and dance. Um, I was going to say in my private time, someone's like, do it, come on. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but I, I do it a lot, kind of just anywhere, really, now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> but, like, I've been caught numerous times in my car, because I have no AC, so it's always windows down. And, I, and I'm just usually blasting my music, I'm just singing and, like, going at it. And, like, at stop signs sometimes, I'll just be, like, dancing and everything, and just be like, oh, this is a good song. I mean, I've been caught singing Hakuna Matata one time at the stoplight. And someone's just, someone's just, like, over there, I look to the side, and someone's just like, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I mean, uh, I, I love to sing and dance, and I love that song. But um, the reason why I play it for you is because, you know, we're talking about changing the world around us. And the first step to changing the world around us is starting with yourself. Now, if you want to make the world a better place, in the words of Michael Jackson, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. And, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, I think it's awesome. We can play Michael Jackson in service and apply it to a teaching. Um, but the uh, first step to changing the world around you is changing yourself. You know, last week we talked about um, uh, being a holy hospital. Was anyone there for that message? That was a good message, right? I mean, I mean, we're talking about being a holy hospital. And what Pastor Carl said was, you know, when you are hurt and you allow God to heal you, it enables you to go out and bring the same healing to someone with the same exact hurts. And it kind of works the same way with changes. If you want to see change in your community, you want to see your friends experience the same change in your life, you have to allow God to do it to you first. You have to be the change that you want to see in your community. Because if you go around people saying, like, God has the power to change you, and, and, and they look at your life and they see no change in your life, they're not going to be inclined to believe you. They're going to be like, really? Where is, it in, where is the evidence in your life? And, and to, to change the world around you, you have to start first with yourself. You have to allow him to be the evidence in your life that he, his power is real, that he wants to do the same things that he did in the Bible, and it starts with yourself. And so here's, here's kind of the sad part, though, is... Um, that, and I've seen this happen not only in my own life, but I've seen it happen in, in my peers' lives. Um, but sometimes we get stuck in an incomplete change. You know, we, we want to, we desire to, I mean, we, we do it right. You know, we, we have the desire to change. We're like, I want to change. And, and you apply God's uh, grace to it, and you're just like, yes, I can do this. But sometimes we allow discouragement to, to stop us. You know, I mean, there's, there's times where, like, I wanted to make a change, and I go to school, and uh, my friends that knew me before I wanted to make a change, are looking at me trying to make a change, and they're saying, like, this is temporary. You're just faking it, or you're just on this, like, you know, you're just on a high right now, and you're just going to be back in a low later on, and you're, and you're just, this is, you're just going to fade away. You know, everything that you're thinking about God right now, you, you know, it's going to fade away. You're going to go back to exactly how you were. And sometimes, when we hear that kind of discouragement, and we, and we listen to what people say, we actually allow it to be true in our lives. Isn't that right? I mean, sometimes we, we, allow, we allow them to dictate the, the decisions we make, and we allow them to kind of let us shrink back from, the, from what God spoke to us. And we start to kind of doubt, like, did I really experience God? Or is God really calling me to this change? Or can I really do this? And we start to kind of get to this point where we're second-guessing ourselves now. We're not, we're not fully believing in God's call in our lives. We're not fully believing in his truth. And, and, and we start to get fearful that we are being, like, fake, you know? Like, oh, am I fake? Is this change really just kind of fake? And, and that's not really who I am? Um, but let me say this. Let God and his word and his, the godly advice of the people around you and his people, like, I mean, guide you in, in your paths, guide you in the, in the decisions that you make. Do not let the world and its opinions dictate how you're going to live your life because God has a plan for you. The world doesn't have as great a plan for you, not nearly as great a plan for you as God does because God wants to do amazing things for you guys. Um, but this is, this is what I see is what makes a change real, what, what it looks like when it's real is when you commit to seeing it through despite what people are saying. You know, I mean, you're, just, you're, you're making it true when you believe them and you, and you stop changing. Yeah, that, that change is not real because you, you, you went halfway and then you, you stopped, you know? 
And, and if you would commit to seeing it through despite the discouragement, despite what people say about you, despite uh, people saying you can't do it, I mean, that's what makes a true change real, you know? I mean, if Jesus, when he was on earth, you know, people were just saying, you're not the Messiah, you're not the Messiah, you're not, you're not our Savior and stuff like that, or you're, just, you're, you're a blasphemer, and if he just let that affect him and he just started questioning himself, like, oh, am I? Like, I guess you're right, and, and it just discouraged him, and he never fulfilled his calling when he was on earth, we'd be in a pretty bad place, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but if I could actually invite the worship team up right now uh, as I continue to go through this last point. Um, if you look in Ephesians 3.20, this is one of, like, uh, one of the most encouraging verses to my life that I've read um, in Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I mean, that, that's a good verse right there. That is, that is encouraging to me because um, God wants to accomplish infinitely more than you could ever ask or think. I mean, and I can think of a lot of things. <laughs> I, with my imagination, I think of a lot of weird things, but I mean, God, God wants to do like infinitely more than that. And it says that his mighty power is at work within us. I mean, that is, that is an encouraging verse right there. And, and I'm gonna kind of challenge you guys right here. This is where I kind of put the challenges. I wanna encourage you guys to break through a life of just living as an average person, just at living as like an average Christian. You know, I, I mean, I don't think we should ever become comfortable in what we're doing for God. Because um, if I can be, like, if I could open this up to a little confession time to you guys, like, it's easy for myself as a youth pastor to be like, oh, I do my time on the weekends. You know, I do my time, like, in the office as a staff pastor and everything, so that when I go into my, like, personal time, I'm just like, all right, this is my time. I, di I did my time. This is, this is where I clock out, and I'm just like, this is Brad time. And that's not what God called us to do. That's, not, that, that's living a life that's average. That's living a life that's mediocre. And I, can I confess that I've, I've lived a life like that, and it's not fulfilling at all. Um, I've made mistakes that I, I fully regret. There were times um, where I did not believe that I was worthy of, I mean, obviously, I, like, all in all, like, literally, I'm not worthy to do this, but I felt like there's no way that God's grace was sufficient enough for me to be where I'm at now. There are times where I felt like I failed too much and made ma way too many mistakes um, in order to, 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 to minister to anyone at all. And um, there was times that I felt discouraged. And, and I mean, if I could be honest with you, I mean, I've been in this church for a long time. Um, and I've, I've, like Pastor Carl said, I've been at the times where I was like really up there just like, yeah, worshiping God and everything. There's times that I shrunk back and I, I made some really bad decisions. And, um, but when I allowed God to truly change me, when I, allowed to, when I allowed myself to believe that God could change me and that I am made worthy through God's sacrifice and that he qualifies me because his grace and his blood washes over me and allows me to do these kinds of things, that that's when I saw the real change in my life. And that's when I saw that I, I could grab a hold of my calling and run with it. And, and that ability is, is available for you guys. I mean, I used to be a youth leader before I was a pastor. So I've been serving in youth for about five years now. Um, and the first three years was just as a regular youth leader under uh, Pastor Tom and Pastor Frank. And there were times where I did not shine like the shining, I mean, like the example of a leader that I should have been. Um, I let depression kind of sink in. Uh, there was times where I was sad, and I would, like literally, <laughs> Pastor Frank probably remembers this, but I used to come to service, like pre-service, getting ready for like Sunday morning services, and I'd be sketching on a little like paper, just like drawing like black and white dark images of like sadness. <laughs> like, I mean, there's just, I mean, that's not funny, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but there were times where I was just not the shining star example that I should have been, and I let mediocrity set in. I let complacency set in in my life, um, and it's not that I, I uh, I regret those things because those things brought me to where I am now. Those, those trials made me who I am today and allow me to preach about them today. But 
I knew that God had something more for me and I, and I made a choice to, to move past it, you know? And, and I, I chose to believe that even though I did make big mistakes and there's, and I, I used to think like there's probably someone way better, uh, you know, that made a lot less mistakes that could be up here doing this kind of stuff, but um, God called me to it. And so I pushed through and I, and I committed myself to it and, and that is what brought me here. But I wanna encourage you, don't get stuck in, in complacency. You know, it's, uh, there's this, there's this kind of a misconception that I think a lot of us uh, Christians have sometimes, uh, maybe at some point in your life or, or whatever it is. But, you know, talking about, like, God's calling on your life and God's cause here on earth, um, we kind of have this mindset sometimes, right, that, that we're trying to figure out how can God's cause fit into my life? In what areas of my life can God's cause fit in where I can be used by God? And that's completely backwards, I think. And what, what I want to say is it's not about how God's cause can fit into your life. It's about how your entire life can fit into God's cause. Can I get an amen on that somewhere? Come on. And, and it's, it, I mean, we really got to shift our mindset. Like, it's about having our, I mean, God asked to have all of us. Like, not just, not just part of me. He, he wants all of you. He doesn't want um, someone who's just half committed. I mean, half committed is still, I mean, pretty much not committed, you know? Um, and, and he asked for all of us, and, and to think about that, that even in that song, Scandal of Grace, we read, I mean, that we sang, which I read when I sing because it's the first time I sang it, but um, there's that part where it's talking about, like, I'm going to give all I have just to know you. Like, would you, do, would you make that sacrifice just to know the name of God, just to be able to know that he's there? Like, that's a huge, that's something huge to think about. In the Bible, it always talks about giving our all for Christ. And so to change our mindsets, mean like, what areas of my life can, can fit God's cause? And it's like, how can my life fit into God's, I mean, huge cause in this world? Because you're a part of it. You're called to something amazing. You're called to play a part in his cause. Like, we always sing about God's glory falling. You know, in, in many worship songs, it always talks about, like, God's glory. We want to see God's glory come uh, to, to our community, to, to this earth and everything. And, and the only way that's going to happen is through his people because his son isn't walking this earth anymore. You know, it's through his people that accept his change and his spirit to come into us and that we can pass it on. And, but it, it takes obedience and it takes a change in ourselves. Um, we're reading this book. Uh, right now as the leadership uh, in the church and everything. It's called For This I Was Born uh, by Brian Houston um, from uh, Hillsong, uh, what is that, Sydney, I think, in Australia. And uh, there's this one line that hit me hard. This is what it says, very simple sentence. Jesus didn't die just for your eternal security. And I thought about that. Like, I mean, Jesus didn't just die so you could feel safe in knowing that you're going to go to heaven someday. Like, oh, awesome. I know I'm going to go to heaven it's time to just kick back, you know, relax, <laughs> like, you know, sip on a, uh, you know, I don't know, passion orange juice and just wait till, like, you know, wait till I get to heaven. It's like God called you to something way greater than that. You know, like, God didn't just die for your, your, your eternal security. He died because you have a calling and a purpose and a job while you're here on earth, that you have something amazing waiting for you as long as you would just uh, activate it in your heart, that you would allow God to come in and say, God, I'm ready to do this. Start this in me now. You know, allow it and allow him to change you. But... This is what I want to say. You know, there's some of you that are sitting in this room that might say that, you know, I, I don't consider myself a Christian. I don't consider myself uh, a devout follower of God. I don't really know him that well. Um, and you might be saying that. And I, this is what I want to encourage you with. I want to encourage you and, and give you this opportunity that, uh, to really spell this out for you. You know, we always give a salvation prayer after service. And I understand that to a lot of people that aren't immersed in the culture of Christianity, uh, how that can sound kind of scary. You know, it's like, oh man, what am I committing to? Like salvation. And this is the misconception that we get sometimes is, or, or I mean, some people may, may get is when you make a decision to follow Christ, that you have to be perfect from that point on. 
You know, and I, I want to break that right now. I want to kind of squash that. Is when you make a decision for Christ, you're not saying, all right, I'm going to be perfect from right this point, and from now until I die, I'm not going to make any mistakes. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to be the best little Christian ever. You know, like, that's not, what, uh, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there's a process of grace. And I want you to know that when you say that you're going to uh, say a prayer of salvation, you're not committing to being perfect from here on out. You're committing to starting a process. You're committing to just taking, taking one step forward, just being like, all right, God, I'm opening myself let me see if you can come into my life and bring healing and mend the broken parts of me. You know, that, that's really what you're saying. And it's, it's really just saying, God, from here on out, I'm, I'm going to walk hand in hand with you and I'm going to start to take baby steps to be more and more like your son, just baby steps, moving forward um, slowly, trying to become more and more like Christ. Because isn't that what our goal is? It's to be little Christ, isn't it? And so to, to accept God is to be like, I'm starting a process, you know? But push it further. For those of you in this room and you're sitting here and you, you consider yourself like, I mean, you're like, I'm, I am a Christian. I am a Christ follower. I live my life for him. Um, you know, I don't want to come off like this. I don't want to come off like I think you guys aren't making changes in, in your lives. I don't want to come off like God didn't, didn't already do amazing things in your life and, th and through your life uh, in other people's lives. But um, this is what I want to say is that God has infinitely more for you. Can I say that the best is yet to come for you guys? And if you would allow him to continually move in you and continually make changes to, to, to bring about even more change. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we talked about enlarging our house, right? I mean, what changes can you bring in your life to enlarge your house, to make more room for people who are hurt, who need healing? You know, it, it, that's, what I'm, that's what I want to say to you guys. Is I'm, not, I'm not trying to come down on you saying you're not doing a good job. I've seen the fruits of our church being in this community. I've seen it. I mean, I, I, I go to Starbucks. And someone's like, oh, where are you going today? And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to church. And they're just like, oh, what church? And I say, Hope Chapel. And they just, I mean, people say some awesome things like, oh, I met someone from Hope Chapel. They were so nice. Or like, or they say like, oh, I know that church. I've seen them all down here in their shirts, like, you know, handing out waters and stuff like that. And, and um, or some people will say like, oh, I have a friend that goes there. They absolutely love it. And I see how God's moving in their life. And it's an encouragement. Even though that I'm not a Christian, I see how positive they are and how they have changed. And let me say that I've seen God move, but God wants to continue to move. I mean, have you ever just stand, stood on this hill and looked out into the community? There is a lot of people out there, and a lot of them need Jesus still, you know? And, and it's, a lot of them still need a change in their life, and we got to bring it to them. We, as God's messengers, have to bring that and, and, and be obedient to plant that seed and allow God to grow that seed in his time. But again, it starts with us. And so for you who sit in this room and, 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 and you know, Hold, hold the title of, of Christian and Christ follower, this is what I want to challenge you with. And, and really this challenge comes to an encouragement as well. But in that book that we were reading, Pastor Brian Houston was separating uh, between being saved and being called. And uh, to really explain that, he's saying like, if you lived a life like you're saved, you, you're pretty much just saying like, I know that I'm, I, I, know, I believe in Jesus, I believe in his sacrifice, and I know I'm going to heaven. But to live a life that is called, you step with a mission. Every, every breath you take, every, every word you say, every action you take, everything that you do is for the cause of Christ. And that's the kind of life that we are called to live. Um, and I want to I encourage you guys and challenge you at the same time that God has a huge plan for you if you would allow him to, to invade your life and activate it inside of you. If you would let him to activate his calling in your life. Um, can I say that he wants, he wants to raise up Pauls in this generation. He wants to raise up Davids with the same courage uh, in this generation. He wants to see more disciples just as influential as the 12 disciples. Um, and and you've got to understand that they made their mistakes too, but God can still use them. And he can still use you no matter where you're coming from, no matter what stage of life you're in. God has so much more for you. And so if you want to have the best life possible, you've got to connect the areas of your life to God that are disconnected from him. Is that good? Yeah. With that said, um, I want to pray for you guys. 
And so um, I want you guys to just bow your heads real quick. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. I just thank you for each and every person that has come into this room um, by your plan, Lord. And I just pray that this morning, that whatever words, uh, that all the words that came out of my mouth, Lord, would sink into all of our hearts, myself included, Lord, that we would let these words change us, Lord, that we would allow them to uh, become real in our lives, Lord, that it wouldn't just be a change of heart, it wouldn't just be a change of mind, Lord, but that we would see it come alive in our actions, that we would, we would see a difference in the way that we walk and the way that we talk and, and really just the way that we live our lives, that it would look more and more like your son Jesus' walk, Lord. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just uh, anoint us with your spirit, Lord, that you would uh, enter into our lives, Lord, that you would uh, penetrate deep, Lord, and that you would activate that calling that's in our life right now, Lord, that you would commission us as your followers here in this room to go out into our community and, and make change happen, Lord. And I just pray that uh, you would allow that to happen, that we would see the fruits, the continued fruits of your people here at Hope Chapel Kanye Bay living in their communities and impacting uh, your people for your cause, Lord. I also just want to lift up every single person in this room, Lord, that can think of something in their life that needs a change, that, could, that, that needs the power of God to, to come in and to bring healing and to, and to mend the brokenness, Lord. I just pray for each person right now that has something on their mind of uh, a need that they have in their life. I just pray that you would just come right now, Lord, and that your hand would be upon that situation, Lord. Whatever it may be, Lord, I speak uh, life into it, and I allow that your Holy Spirit would be in there uh, working and starting a process of bringing healing to those people, Lord. And I just want to thank you in advance, Lord, because I know that you're going to bring the change in our lives that's necessary. And also, Lord, that we thank you in advance because we know that you're going to be faithful and that your glory is going to fall here in Kanye Bay, Lord, because uh, we are going to allow it to happen, Lord. We are going to choose to see a change in our community. Before I end this message and before I end this service, I want to give one last opportunity. And uh, with every eye closed and head bowed, what I want to do is I want to offer an opportunity for those people who may... Uh, identify themselves as um, not yet a Christ follower that don't know Jesus Christ yet. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a prayer that's going to lead you to say, hey, you know, God, I believe in you. I believe in your sacrifice, and I want to start that process. You know, you're basically just saying, I'm knocking on that door, and I'm going to see if Jesus doesn't open that door and flood into my life, and I receive the blessing, and I receive the healing, and I receive a full life. Um, but if you want to say that prayer, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look across the room, and if you want to say it in a few uh, seconds, I want you to raise your hand, and that's going to let me know that you're going to pray with me. And I want you to know that I'm not going to make you come on stage and recite something in front of everyone or do anything that's uncomfortable or embarrassing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say this prayer, and I want you to listen to the words that I say, and I want you to let them sink in, and I want you to let them change you, because saying words is empty, but when you let the, the truth of God enter into your heart and, and, and activate something and change uh, for the better, uh, that's what we want. That's what we're here about. We're about. Uh, we're. A, we serve a God who's in the business of changing lives, and so you have to allow this to change your life. Um, so right now, I'm going to look across the room. If you want to say that prayer that says, "God, I believe in you, and I want to accept you. I want to change my life. I want to take that first baby step forward." I just want you to raise your hand and let me know you're going to pray that prayer. So I'm going to look across the room right now. Is there anyone that wants to say that prayer? I see one person. I see two people. Anyone else? Looking across, I see three, four. Anyone else? Oh, five. Okay, I see you too. Thank you. Praise God. Anyone else? I just want to encourage anyone in here that's sitting in here and is just is hesitant and you feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, there's no, there's no risk. There's no hurt in just saying, God, I'm curious. I want to know if you're there. I, I just want to see if you're there because 
the, the, the worst thing that can happen is you, you knock on that door and there's no one on the other side, but I can guarantee you someone's going to answer. And, uh, and, and he's just waiting for you to ask him. And so, again, if you already raised your hand, you can keep it down. But if there's anyone else, I'm going to look across the room one more time. Any uh, last opportunity? Okay, I see you. Anyone else? That's six. Anybody else? Looking across the room. All right, if I didn't see you, just know that God sees you, which is the most important part. Um, and you can put your hands down. But for those six people that I saw and for anyone else that uh, I didn't see, I want you guys to just listen to the words that I say and apply them to yourself. Let them, let them just, I mean, really, really take a hold of your heart and your life. Um, and so let's all bow our heads and close. And I'm going to say this prayer. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you, uh, first and foremost, for your sacrifice, Lord. I just want to declare that I believe in your sacrifice and I believe that it is absolutely true that your son Jesus came down for my sins and died on that cross that I may be forgiven, that I may be made worthy, that I am able to serve um, under the name of Jesus Christ. And I just thank you so much. I am just humbled and honored that my God loves me that much. And I just want to pray right now, Lord, that you would just partner with me in this time that I choose to, uh, to, to commit my life to you, Lord. I just pray that as I knock and I'm seeking, Lord, I just pray that you would just open that door and just reveal yourself to me, Lord. I just pray that you would just be moving in my life, that you would uh, bring the blessing where, the, where I need blessing, Lord, that you would bring the change where I need change, Lord, that you would bring healing where I am broken, Lord. I just pray that you would just uh, make my life better, Lord, that I, I understand that it's not necessarily going to be easier, but life is definitely going to be better. I just thank you so much, Lord, and I just pray that you would continue to walk with me and bless me in this time, Lord. I love you. I praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you just give a hand for those six people?